welcome to the LIPN Podcast, brought to you by the members of the Long Island Professional Network, where business professionals come to grow. Thank you for joining us. I'm Meryl Lushner, and I'm the Marketing and Communication Consultant and Podcast Producer with Smith Douglas Associates. Insurance is something everyone with a car has to deal with. It's something we all know about, but honestly, do we know everything we should? I reached out through the Long Island Professional Network to Leo Fernandez of the Fernandez Agency. And yes, it was quite a bit I didn't know about auto insurance in New York. So listen in as we talk about teenagers, elderly parents, Uber drivers, rental cars, snowbirds, and some of the many, many things that determine your premiums. Leo, thanks for joining us again. I really like your brand new offices. Where are you located now? Thank you. I just moved into a new office, 796 Carmen Avenue in Westbury, New York. Beautiful office. This time, we're going to talk about car insurance and auto insurance. And, well, kind of a basic question. Why does someone need auto insurance? You need auto insurance because it gives you a promise to take care of you in case of an unexpected event. So you'd never know when an accident's gonna happen by nature. If something does happen to you, you have insurance that'll protect you. Well, I know there's different kinds of auto insurance. What are some of the kinds and how much of it do I need? Because there's there's a lot of options out there and I'm sure it's just as easily to be overinsured as it is to be underinsured. It's more dangerous to be underinsured than overinsured. It's always better to have more than you need. Uh, but yes, there are different types of insurance out there. The basic insurance that everybody needs in New York State or most of the states in the United States is liability insurance. And that takes care of you in case you're in an accident and you're held responsible. If you have a big loss, let's say you, you have a $50,000 loss, you may not be able to afford that out of your pocket. That's where the insurance comes in and covers that $50,000 of damage to somebody else's property, whether it be their house or their car or something like that. It protects you in case you're injured or your passengers are injured. Uh, if somebody's hurt and they have to go to the doctor or the hospital or have medication or therapy, there's a guaranteed coverage called personal injury protection that will help you pay those medical bills. Besides liability, I know usually the ones that come packaged in is collision. Yes, yes, people refer to that as a full coverage policy. And that's because it covers other people's property, like I just said before, and it also covers your property. Most of the time, if you have a loan on your car or you're leasing a car, you have to have the coverages of collision and comprehensive. Collision is just what it sounds like. It's crash. You crash your car into something, it covers uh, your car, it pays to repair your car. Comprehensive is also referred as other than collision. So almost anything you can think of that is not a crash or not an accident is covered on comprehensive. So your car gets flooded, uh, catches fire, it gets uh, partially stolen or completely stolen. Those things are covered under there. And also with the full coverage package, you also get rental coverage and towing coverage, usually. You have a choice, it's an option for you, but usually that's included in the full package. And while your car is being repaired, you can go out and rent a car. So you, have to, you, can, you can get back, back and forth to work. Also, if your car is stuck on the roadway, you can call up your insurance company and they'll come and tow you under the policy. What's gap insurance? Gap insurance is very particular to leasing a car or financing a car. So if you finance a car today for $10,000 and tomorrow it's totaled in a bad crash, 
The value may be only 8,000, but you still owe the bank 10. So it creates, it creates what's called a gap of $2,000 or whatever the gap may be. So this will either come out of your pocket or the gap insurance will cover it for you. It's usually provided by the lease company or the, the loan company because they're the ones who are going to suffer the loss. So if your car gets totaled, the gap insurance will make sure that no, no extra money comes out of your pocket than necessary. Nowadays, a lot of people are particularly concerned about uninsured motorists. There's a insurance yes. for that as well? Yes. Uh, in New York State, there's a mandatory coverage called uninsured motorist. And then there's a supplementary coverage that you can buy more than just the mandatory. And I always recommend buying more than just the mandatory. Because mandatory is just enough to keep you legal on the streets. And that may not be enough. That may not be what you need. If you were involved in a bad accident and you're injured pretty severely and you have hundreds of thousands of medical bills, if the other person has the minimum coverage, it may not be enough to cover your medical bills. So in that case, your policy will supplement that, will actually uh, be in excess of the other person's policy to help you cover your medical bills. Also, uh, what's commonly referred to as pain and suffering. If the other person doesn't have enough money for you, you can recover that from your own policy. In New York State, you have a minimum liability, a minimum uninsured motorist. You can always buy more depending on what your needs are. Well, it looks like there are a lot of different options. Is that the reason why some insurance companies are higher or lower than others depending on what they're offering? Yes. Um, most companies offer the same coverages. It's pretty, pretty common. Some you know, offer some different options. But the coverages are basically the same. However, each company rates their clientele differently. You know, uh, one company may rate a 30-year-old with a Corvette differently than the second company. Uh, it may be more favorable. It may not be more favorable. So the prices are going to vary on, on how they rate that particular customer. And, and it's based on a couple of things. It's based on the car you're driving, of course. You know, a, a Honda is going to be different than a Ferrari. Okay. Uh, your age your gender, males, young males tend to be more expensive because they're more risk takers and tend to get in more trouble than young females. Where you live also, the more congested the area, the more likely there's a chance of you getting involved in a small fender bender, so the more likely chance of getting into an accident and most likely paying out a claim. So if you live in a very congested area, let's say Brooklyn or the Bronx, it's very different than living upstate New York, where you might come in contact with 100 cars a day, where in Brooklyn you come in contact with thousands of cars a day. So you kind of covered a little bit how policy prices are determined. Yeah. Is there anything that the person looking to get insurance can do to modify any of those policy determinations? There are a couple of things. The best thing is to have a good driving record. From when you start driving, your record starts building. And some companies can look back three, five, even 10 years on your driving record. And depending on how you've been driving, that will determine a lot of your pricing. Uh, if you are a, an excellent driver, but have had a, a lapse of insurance, or maybe let your driver's license lapse or cancel and have to retake it again, those could be influencing the price to make it higher. So keeping a good driving record, keeping consistent insurance, and keeping your license consistent, those will be big factors in getting uh, lower rates. Then once you have those, you can also take what's called a defensive driving course. It's a simple four or five hour course. But I say just 10% of insurance uh, over three years or, or four or three years. So if the class costs you $50, you can easily, easily save that the first six months of insurance. And you can save that for three years consistently. You can take it from the time you get a permit 
to when you stop driving and you're 90 plus years old. Do I need a driver's license in order to get insurance? No, good question. You don't need a driver's license. However, not every company will take you without a driver's license. There are two types of markets in the insurance industry. One is a voluntary market and one is an excess market. The voluntary market looks for the best drivers, of course. Best drivers, best area, people with the least possibility of having a claim or have a very good driving record. Uh, if you have a permit, you don't have much of a history because you're just beginning to drive. So that will be covered by a market called the excess market. You can get insurance guaranteed. It may be a bit more expensive than a voluntary market because you don't have the experience yet. Once you prove that you are a good driver, then your rates will slowly go down. But with a permit, you can get, uh, drivers learn the permit, you can get insurance. You also can get insurance just on yourself uh, in case you borrow somebody's car uh, or uh, have to use a car once in a while because you live in a city but you don't need a car every day. But once in a while you borrow a car or rent a car. You can get insurance just on your person for those special occasions. To flip that over, does my car insurance cover me if I'm letting a different friend drive my car? In, in New York, the insurance policy follows the car, not the person. So your car is the one with the policy. So if you let me drive your car and I get into an accident, the policy will cover me. However, they're going to ask you, hey, why is Leo driving your car? And you have a, a reasonable explanation, there's no problem. However, if I'm driving your car every day, then the company's going to ask, well, why isn't Leo on your policy if he's using your car every day? So you have to be upfront with, with insurance companies. Yes, you know, I have a car. Uh, my name is Merrill, but my friend Leo drives it three, day, three days a week. As long as you disclose it, there's really no problem. Uh, if you let me use it once in, once in a long while or once a year, not a problem either. That is just strictly the case. The policy will cover because it follows the vehicle that you're driving. Whenever you rent a car, they always try to get you to buy insurance from them. Does my regular car insurance cover a rental car? In New York, you happen, happen to be very fortunate. Some other states, you have to buy the insurance coverage. In New York, your policy has a built-in coverage for rental cars. So you go to vacation in Hollywood, California, and you want to spoil yourself and you rent a convertible Mercedes or a convertible uh, Rolls Royce. The policy in New York will cover that Rolls-Royce 100% under the liability coverage. You don't need to buy anything extra. However, if you are in New York and you have your car and you're driving and you just need to, to rent a larger car or something like that, you may because now it's no longer rental. You're just using it as a substitute for your car. But if you're on vacation and you rent a fancy car, it doesn't matter what it is, your policy in New York covers you 100%. No need to buy anything extra. What about if you are moving and you rent a U-Haul? Does your insurance cover you? Nah, a very good question because it happens every day. And the answer is no, because the U-Haul is a commercial vehicle and most of us are driving personal vehicles. So even though it is insurance, it has a basic, the same basic coverages as every other policy does, it's based on your personal use of a car. The U-Haul is now a commercial use of a van, so it does not cover it. If I know I'm moving, do I call my insurance agency to get auto insurance for the truck, or is that something I just get from U-Haul? You're going to get that from U-Haul. When you go rent a, the U-Haul van, they're going to ask for proof of your insurance, which will give an underlying coverage, because you need that to get the van. However, anything additional for the commercial use, they will charge you on their contract. It's very minimal, but then in that case, you should get the additional insurance. I have a teenager. Should I add them to my policy or make them get one of their own? 
And the best way to do it is to add them onto your policy, financially speaking, because a young person in New York, whether it's a girl or a boy, the rates are so expensive that they probably won't be able to afford it on their own, and you're gonna help them, help them anyway to pay for the insurance. So if you add them onto your insurance policy, that policy will cover it just as well. It will give you the coverage that you need, sometimes even more than what they can get on their own. It also builds up their history of driving, the history of insurance, so when they get their own policy, it will be much cheaper. So just starting off on your own as a teenager, the price is so expensive compared to putting it on your own policy, which will be less expensive and give them the same or better benefits. I've got an elderly parent. When should I take away their keys? And what do I do about insurance? That is a very personal and individual question. <laughs> and the answer is, I don't know. It has to be a conversation with you and your parent. Insurance works funny. It's like a, like a, a bell curve. When you're very young, you tend to have a lot of accents because you're inexperienced. In middle age, you have the experience and you're agile and you have, you have coordination and you have less claims, less accidents. As you get older, your hearing becomes a bit worse, your sight may not be as good, and your reactions are not as good. So insurance again goes up. So it's high as you're older, it's high when you're, when you're younger, and in the middle ages is probably the best rate you're gonna get. So it's really up to you when you decide to take away the keys. If they're having a lot of accents which are very simply avoidable, that's the time to have the conversation. If they're backing out of the driveway and hitting the neighbor's car every day with their bumper, that's a good time to have a conversation. But it's really individual because I have clients that are 92, 93 years old buying brand new cars and they're great drivers. A lot of people now are driving for Uber and Lyft. How does car insurance cover that? That's a tricky question and a tricky situation, I would say, because the rest will be new. And insurance companies are just getting introduced to the Uber driving in a normal car. Uh, before, to, in order to drive for Uber or Lyft, you had to have a special commercial policy, a livery policy. And about a year ago, uh, there was a new law put in effect that you can use your regular policy to drive for Uber or Lyft. However, Lyft covers you or Uber covers you while you're doing business for them, but it doesn't cover you while you're not. So that means you have to have insurance, a personal car, while you're not driving. And then there's a space in between not driving for them and driving for them that you're left kind of in, in a lurch with no insurance at all. So there are options on insurance policies that will endorse or add on this extra coverage if you're an Uber driver. And it's recommended, it's only a couple of dollars you know, every six months or every year, but the benefit you get to fill in those gaps of insurance is really, really beneficial. If you don't have those options, then you might look for a company that does have it because if you're caught in, in, in a situation where you're not covered by your personal policy, and you're not covered by Uber, you may be out of pocket for a couple of thousand dollars. So that little gap, even though it's inexpensive to secure, is well worth it. I have more than one vehicle. I've got a motorcycle, I've got an ATV, I've got an RV. Do I need different policies for all of them? Yes, unfortunately you do. Because they're all motor vehicles, so they have to be properly insured, but they all have different functions. You're not going to take an ATV to the supermarket to do your grocery shopping, but you will your car. And you're not going to pack your car full of beds and, and groceries and everything else to go on vacation and live in your car, so you need an, an RV. So each policy is individually catered for the type of vehicle that they're insuring. And it'll be priced that way too. So you may think a, an AC, uh, a mobile home, a motor home that costs 
$200,000, maybe much more to insure than a Honda Civic. It may not be because it has a special purpose and a special insurance coverage for that motorhome. Is auto insurance mandatory in all 50 states? It's not mandatory in all 50 states in the way we use it here in New York. Remember, before I discussed liability, personal injury protection, full coverage, collision comprehensive. Some states require you just to have personal injury protection. They don't require liability insurance. Some, some states, maybe two or three, require no insurance whatsoever, depending on the county you're in. Some counties will say yes, some counties will say no. So you can go from having no requirements at all to having just injury protection for you and your passengers to required liability on insured motorists and personal injury protection, depending on what state you're in. How about out of the states? Do I need any specific coverage if I'm driving to Canada or Mexico? Yes, you do. Because they have different regulations, different laws. They have different limits that you must have. So before you travel to those countries, not just states, the states are pretty uniform. But if you go north to Canada or south to Mexico, you should advise your company, your insurance company that you're traveling there and for how long. And they will endorse your policy to meet whatever minimums are necessary in Canada or in Mexico. If I end up in an accident... How much will my insurance go up? I, I know that's a, a big fear of some people that if they get to a fender bender, they don't want to call their insurance because they figured it's cheaper just to fix it than to call it in. Well, that situation could be correct. It could be you know cheaper just to fix a small fender bender on your own than claim the insurance, the insurance policy for it. Depending on... How much the damage is, depending on how long you've had the insurance policy, how good a driver you've been. If you are a good customer, you're a good driver, you don't have many claims, you don't have any violations on your record, the first accident you have may not be chargeable at all. In fact, some companies offer two or three accidents before they begin surcharging you. And then when they do, the average is about 10 to 15% of what you're paying now. So if you're paying $1,000, it might go up $100, $150 in maximum. That's the average. Some companies will reach you more for the second or third accident. Let's say the first accident you have is 10%. The second accident may be a 20%. The third accident in one year may be 35%. But if you're having three accidents in one year, you're going to be paying a lot more money than anybody else or the person who's not been in an accident. So that goes, you know, it makes common sense. I'm assuming people who are accident-prone have a harder time getting insurance than those than safe drivers do people who are tend to get to a lot of accidents is there certain insurance coverage that they can get as because i'm assuming most of the the general insurance companies don't want to touch this person anymore well that goes back to what i mentioned before about the voluntary and the excess markets if you're a great driver live in a good area not very uh, prone to accidents. Like I said, Brooklyn or Bronx is a very congested area compared to upstate New York. Mm -hmm. If you live in an area that's not congested, very few accidents happen in the area. You happen to have a very good driving record. You can get insurance from almost every market or any company, and the price will vary a little bit, but probably very good. If you tend to be accident prone and you have a lot of accidents, there's still companies out there that will take you at a premium. They'll charge you a little bit extra you know, because you've had the accidents. There will come a point, though, where they don't want you voluntarily, and then you go to the excess markets. And that will be much higher, but you'll still be able to insure yourself. So as long as you have a valid license, and the license has not been revoked, uh, you can get insurance on almost any car you'd like, 
uh, depending on how much that you're willing to pay because they will insure you because you have to have insurance to get it back, back and forth to work at Duarens, you have to have insurance, but if you have a, an accident prone record, you're just gonna pay a little more, but you will be able to get it, absolutely. Speaking of accidents, can my insurance company force me to go to one of their repair shops as opposed to my regular guy? No, no, you can always go to your regular guy. There are a lot of repair shops that are called pro shops or direct repair shops. And it just makes it a bit easier to get your car repaired and a little bit easier for the insurance company to settle the claim. For instance, if you have an accident and you go to your guy, uh, the insurance company has to make an appointment with your repair shop, go there, take a look at it, maybe go back, write an estimate, get back to the repair shop, get an agreement with them, and then pay your check to get the car repaired. A lot of companies who have direct repairs or pro shops, as sometimes they're called, they have an agreement with the insurance company that they can look at the car, their shop can look at the car themselves, take pictures, generate the estimates, send it to the company electronically. If the company agrees to it, they send you a check the very same day. So it makes it a lot faster. And this, and it also is very well regulated. So it's not that the, the insurance or the repair shop can just bill for anything and they come to pay for it. No, the insurance company goes out there and visits them once in a while to make sure they're doing the right job. So if they say they're going to give you a brand new part, the insurance company will come and look at it and say, hey, okay, it's a real part or it's not. Uh, if the repair shop tries to get away with more damage than what is really necessary, they may lose a contract with you, with you with the insurance company and then they lose out business. So usually the direct repair shops do a good job because they want to keep the contract with the insurance company. It makes it faster to get your car repaired because the check gets issued within a day directly to you or directly to the repair shop. But you're not obligated to use them. You can use whoever you want. If you're not comfortable using the direct repair and you've known your guy for 20 or 30 years like I have, I go to my guy. It may take a day or two more to get the, the claim settled, but it makes you comfortable and that's what I deserve. And you can do that. The other thing insurance can cover, I'm assuming, is not only an accident, but theft. I come out of the mall, I look for my car, and it's gone. How does insurance help me with that? That happens more often than not. The car thefts are rampant throughout this area, especially in the holiday season, where maybe not the whole car is gone, but all your shopping is gone because you put it there to go shop some more. Um, the coverage that will, will protect you for that is the comprehensive coverage, the, the all other than collision. So it will protect your car in case your car is stolen. They'll pay you on the market value of your car. Uh, if it's recovered, let's say they found it down the block or two days later, they'll pay to put it back in the same condition it was in before. So any damage that happened during the theft will be fixed and paid for by your insurance company. Unfortunately, if you leave your shopping in the car and it gets stolen, that's not covered by car insurance. It may be covered by homeowner insurance, but not the car insurance. If my car is a total loss in whatever accident, can I still keep it and insure it? Yes, and the term total loss is scary to some people because they think a total loss as a total destruction of your car. And it's not necessarily so. If you have a car that's a bit older, you know, some damage to the front end, some damage to the, the side, may be enough to total the car, make it a total loss, where basically it's not worth paying to repair the full car because the value is not there. So it doesn't make sense to spend $3,000 on a $2,000 car. So it's a total loss. You can absolutely keep your car. The company will pay you 
the value of the car less whatever they deem is salvage, whatever the car is worth in its, in its condition now, and you can have it fixed. Once it's fixed and repaired, the insurance company can inspect it and you can have it insured again. No problem at all. However, they may have limitations on the collision and comprehensive because a car that's been totaled, if it's really, really bad, may lose some of the value. So it's not valued the same way that a car was never involved in an accident. But until you inspect it, you never know. But yes, you can have it repaired, inspected. If everything is safe and appropriately repaired, you can absolutely insure it. I know insurance can be cheaper in other states because God knows New York is relatively expensive. Can I insure my car, say, in Florida, even though I spend most of my time in New York? Um, it's not recommended <laughs> because New York State has its rules and its prices for a certain reason. Each state has its own pricing and regulations because they're necessary for the area that you live in. So Florida has its rules and regulations and pricing. New York has the same thing because of the two different states, two different atmospheres. So if you insure your car in Florida, you should be driving the majority of the time in Florida. However, if you live in Florida, you insure in Florida and come here for vacation, it's not a problem. But if you live in Florida and or if you insure in Florida and you live up in New York, that could be a problem because the rates are not commensurate to where you live. And if the insurance company finds that out, they'll say, well, you haven't been living where you say you live, you haven't been driving where you say you drive, so that may create a problem in terms of coverage. If they deem it to be a fraudulent case that you're just trying to get Florida insurance because of the price, they may actually deny your claim. They may deny any kind of coverage whatsoever, and that's more costly than just the insurance or savings. So the same thing goes if you're living upstate New York compared to downstate New York, the price difference is very big. You need to be absolutely clear with the insurance company as to where you live and where you drive. Because when you have an accident, you want to have coverage with no questions asked. If you have a lot of questions asked, it's going to delay your claim and possibly just deny all coverage altogether. How do people choose where to get their insurance? I know you can call brokers, you can check online. How, how do you find people who are, are looking either for insurance for the first time or for a new insurance company? That, that's a great question because nowadays in this technological world that we live in, you can shop for insurance from your bed or from your sofa, and you can shop hundreds of insurance companies. You can also call almost anybody that you want from your sofa at home and find out what insurance costs. However, you need to ask what you're buying, what is actual coverage. And that's a problem that we're having with newer drivers that just want insurance like it's a commodity. Just give me insurance enough to drive and that's it, that's what I need. But there's nobody there to answer questions as to what you really need or how much you really need. So you can buy insurance directly on the internet over an 800 number or walk into an agent's office or a broker's office. Uh, I'm an agent that you know, so people come in and talk to me and see face to face. So if they have a question that they're not sure about, they can ask me and I can give them opinions, I can give them recommendations, and it's up to them to purchase it. If you purchase it, uh, insurance on the internet, there's no interaction as to be able to ask somebody, what do you think I should have for this? So what do you think I should have for that? So it's widely available, which is fantastic because you can do research on every insurance company, find out how good they are, find out how bad they are, any complaints, any non-complaints, uh, and also find out pricing. But it's good to talk to a person because you have a, a personal relationship with that agent or broker and you can ask them, what do you think about my son or daughter? 
Why do you think about buying this car compared to that car? If I move to a different area, how badly is that going to affect my rates or should I worry about it? So it's good to have an interaction and not just buy based on the price or just get me an insurance so I can go on the street and drive. It's much more involved than that. For people who have insurance and have had insurance for a while with the same, with the same agency, they just re-up the policy every year. Mm-hmm. How often should people stop and take a look at their policy and at their insurance company to see what they're paying versus what they're getting? Roughly, how often should people review their policy? I try to review it every year, do an annual review. Sometimes things don't change at all. You live in the same household, you still have the same driver, you still have the same car. But sometimes things do, do change, like your children may, may be, begin to drive. So you may need to look at your coverage, make sure they're protected appropriately for when they're driving. You may have changed cars. You may have uh, moved from your household. So you need to review it at least once a year, at least I would say, and just ask questions as to, you know, not just how much am I paying, but how much am I covered for? If you lived in, you know, a $5 million house and you had a great job and making a lot of money, had a lot of assets, uh, and now you sold your house and you moved into a smaller apartment or something like that, you may not need the same liability coverages that you did before, but you have to ask. The same thing on the reverse. If you live in a small apartment and now you bought your big house and you live in a big, uh, more affluent neighborhood, you got to protect yourself because if, if you have an accident, you might have an accident with a $300,000 car or, or somebody's house, you might lose control and hit somebody's house, which costs a lot of money than the area where you lived in. So every year at least, find out what's changed in your life and make that insurance policy appropriately for what, what and where you are now. What if someone comes to you and said, I have had Acme insurance now for the past 30 years. The prices keep going up. It's becoming a problem. What makes you different? Well, first of all, it's great that you maintain the policy for 30 years. That shows stability and insurance companies love to see that. That, That's part of the responsible driving that I said before. If you keep a consistent policy for a long period of time, usually those clients tend to be better drivers, tend to have less losses, more profitable the company, and more stable money for the driver. So we gotta look and see what coverage you still have with Acme. Is it something really uh, elaborate, very you know, overly insured, or is it something appropriate, or is it something that's not appropriate at all and still you're paying more money? So we compare and see what you have, and then I can run different numbers for you with different insurance companies, find out for the same coverage what, you, what price would be and see if it's comparable and then give you some prices on what I recommend you should have and see how that compares. Well, if anyone else has any questions about auto insurance in New York, how can we reach you? I'm available anytime. You can give me a call at 516-292-5100. I'm at leofernandez at allstate.com or just look me up under allstate slash leofernandez agency. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to the LIPN podcast, brought to you by the Long Island Professional Network and produced by Smith Douglas Associates. To learn more about the LIPN, visit our website at lipn.org or join our meetup under Long Island Professional Network.